Welcome to the Gone Fishing Podcast, episode number 40. In today's episode, I'm going to be having a conversation over coffee with the mayor of motivation, Eli Marcus. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Gone Fishing Podcast. Join Ron Bouchard as he casts a wide net sharing his philosophy of life, business, and success, and goes fishing for wisdom in interviews with other entrepreneurs, authors, and thought leaders. You'll hear their stories of triumph and tribulation. If you're an aspiring entrepreneur trying to succeed outside the confines of the current of social expectation, bring the bait and join us for Gone Fishing. Welcome to the Gone Fishing Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Bouchard. Today's guest is the professional up-your-game motivational speaker. He speaks to companies, organizations, sales teams, etc. on mindsets for winning and learning how to sell more. He has made over 30,000 cold calls to establish expertise how to best connect with people. He is the host of the Motivational Show podcast, rated in the top 1.5% of podcasts in the world, and interviews the world's best motivational speakers, celebrities, New York Times bestsellers, health experts, mega successful entrepreneurs, and more. He co-publishes New York City's largest circulated magazine, the Visitor Magazine City Guide, and also Speakers and Experts Magazine. As the former CEO of the Seminar Center in New York City, he has produced events for a who's who of celebrities, best-selling authors, experts, and more. They include Michael Jackson, Mark Victor Hansen, Yanla Venzant, Davy Jones, Les Brown, Don Miguel Ruiz, Judy Collins, and James Van Pra, and hundreds more. Please welcome the Mayor of Motivation, Eli Marcus. Hello, Eli. Hey, thank you so much, Ron, for having me on your show. I can't wait to help inspire, motivate, and help people live their best life. And we're certainly in a time where that's needed more than ever, I would oh, say. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, one of my favorite quotes is from um, from Walden, and it's um, the mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation, and that's what I see when I when I walk around. You know, Henry David Thoreau's correct: the mass yep. of men lead lives of quiet desperation. I see mm, a lot of true. quietly desperate people walking aimlessly through life, and so we're going to solve all the world's problems tonight, right? That's what we're going to do. You got to be <laughs> optimistic. You know, that's the first step. You know, mindset. Positive mindset. So you've had quite a um, quite a career. Can you tell us a little bit about the celebrities that you um, you got to meet? Yeah, so I've uh, met a cross section of people, um, and most of the celebrities that I've met were famous book authors, or at least their books were famous. You may not know the author as well as you know made the, the book. For instance, don't sweat the small stuff. If you took a quiz in the street, there's not a single human being that hasn't heard the term don't sweat the small stuff has become part of the uh, language jargon that we use. But very few people would know the name Dr. Richard Carlson, the, the actual author. Another book, The Four Agreements. Everybody knows The Four Agreements. Not everybody knows that Don Miguel Ruiz was the author of The Four Agreements. That's, I mean, and you also got to um, work with Michael Jackson. I mean, yeah, I'm an 80s kid. So that was, that was big. 
Yeah. And the way in which I worked with Michael Jackson was a very unorthodox way because uh, in order to get to him and his handlers, we had to create something that he didn't already have. So one of his passions was to uh, a organization called Heal the World. And so we put together an event in New York City in the famous Carnegie Hall. You heard the joke, of course, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, practice, practice. Yes. <laughs> well, in this case, put together a uh, an event uh, for Michael Jackson's foundation that meant a lot to him. And so we put the event together. Uh, we filled the uh, house and uh, it was quite a night. Right. I heard the paparazzi was getting out of hand though, right? Well, you know, it's funny because the paparazzi were surrounding him. Uh, they had no questions for me. They were all after him and rightfully so. He's the famous guy. I'm the facilitator behind the scenes. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't imagine. Um, and I mean, I've no, I know most of those those people you spoke about, Mark Victor Hansen. I mean, Chicken Soup for the Soul. I think I own every single one of those books. Well, I'll tell you, you know, there's a reason why he bought, he sold 600 million copies. You know, you bought a whole bunch of them, right? And so did I. And so did a lot of other people because they resonate. Uh, and, you know, he had a goal for 1 billion books. And so, you know, the thing that you learn from a Mark Victor Hansen is the art of thinking big. Because if you aim high and you fall short, and in Mark Victor Hansen's case, he actually fell. Well, he's he's fell so far four hundred thousand, uh, four hundred million books short, right? Um, but the game isn't over. Now, I wouldn't mind falling four hundred million books short when I've sold six hundred million books. <laughs> yeah, I used to have an expression: "Aim for the stars, you can hit eagles." Exactly. You don't want to aim for the dirt. <laughs> And that's the problem, to go. You, know, you know, you know, often we think of ourselves in a box. Yeah. So if we've made, let's say, $40 an hour, we can conceive ourselves somewhere between a $30 to maybe $50 an hour range. We don't conceive of ourselves as 10 times higher than that. And so our mindset uh, unfortunately, sabotages us to stay within that range. So you've got to believe, you've got to conceive of the thought that you can actually be one of those people that can have, you know, a hundred times earnings. Otherwise, you're going to stay in that box for the rest of your life. Were you quoting a little Napoleon Hill there? That what your mind can conceive and believe it can achieve? Yeah, well, that is one of my favorite sayings. And to say it's slow, what the, you know, what the man can conceive and believe he can achieve. And think yeah. about that. The first thing that comes along is conception. If you don't can't conceive it in your mind and you can't see it, it's not likely to happen. So you have to conceive it. Then you have to believe it. You know, you can't just come up with an idea, not really believe it, you know, half uh, ass it. I'm sorry for the language, you know, but, you know, you can't half ass anything. And then you are going to achieve it if you are committed and you are ready. Uh, but most people, like you said, are kind of leaving these quiet lives of desperation. You know, they put things in their head of what they want to do, but they're not really committed. And commitment means daily sacrifice. You've got to cut something out that you think might already be good in your life for something that's great. And the reason why most people don't achieve great things is because they're in what I call an okay state. Things are fine. Things are okay. If you ask the average person, how are things? They say it's okay. Most people don't say things are tremendous. Things are absolutely exceptional. They say that's yeah, okay. Yeah. They settle for a life of mediocrity. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think 
Zig Ziglar called them um, wandering generalities. Yeah, and that's not the kind of term uh, 30 years from now that most people want to look back on and say, I was a wandering generality. The worst thing in life to me is regret. And we always regret the things that we didn't do. We don't regret the things that we did and failed. If you do, then you've got some, you know, deeper issues that you got to work on. But I've never regretted a failure because at least I put myself in the game to try. And believe me, I've had my share of failures, but that is why I'm a success. I've I've made over 30,000 phone call, uh, cold calls. I've failed more than almost any human being on the earth. I, I definitely failed more than any salesperson, but that set me up for success. You have to almost fall in love with failure. Now, you're never going to read that in anybody's book, but you're going to hear that from me. You've got to fall in love with failure because that's telling you you're on the right track. Yeah, I say failure is the laboratory of success. Exactly. But, you know, most people, they get failure and the, and they run for the hills. They just <laughs> don't want to try it again. It, you know, it, it, it bit too hard. You got to get used to the snake bite and, you know, and just get the venom and go back out there and, uh, and fish. And fish <laughs> and fish indeed. So, uh, so what is uh, one thing you wish you had known when you began your career? If you can go back to the younger Eli, what would you, what would you tell him now? It's a great what question. Number one piece of advice. Absolutely. Great question. Uh, I would uh, definitely try to not think about the consequences uh, and the results of anything that I did, I would be, I'd stay in the moment, I'd savor the moment, and I wouldn't worry about the results. I'd prepare enough so that I'm confident enough to know that I've done my best. You can't do more than your best in this life, Ron. So what's the point in getting caught up in the end result? If the end result's going to happen because you've prepared yourself. But once you start thinking about a worst case scenario, your mind sets off what they call the reticular activating system, which is like a laser bomb, which bombs your mind into going exactly into the failure. So if you are out there in a ball field and you're in the outfield and the ball gets hit to you and you say, oh, my God, please, please, I don't want to drop it. Guess what? You've just increased your chances a thousandfold that you're going to drop the ball. So you have to go into every situation, not worrying about the results and not being fear-based. So that is the lesson for today. Do not be fear-based. Do whatever you need to do not to be fear-based. I interviewed I what I consider to be the most fearless human being on the planet. Now, how can I make such a bold statement? Well, he tightrope walked over the Grand Canyon. He tightrope walked over Niagara Falls. You tell me somebody else who's going to do that without a safety net. You know, not me. I'm not, nope, I'm not signing I, up for that. Not nope. me either. So he's fearless. And so how do you become fearless? Well, guess what, Ron? You don't try to reinvent the wheel on your own. You go ahead and you model yourself. You learn after somebody who's already done it. You try to pick the best traits out of what he's done and you adopt it for yourself. And that's how you jump jump ahead 10, 20, 30 years. Exactly. Otherwise, you're going through trial and error. And I can tell you that's a long, lonely road. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, find the people yeah. who have paved the path and, you know, it doesn't mean you have to be a copycat because you want to be your authentic self. I look at myself as an amalgam of millions of great people that I've studied from, read from, 
You know, I've read over a thousand books on self-help and self-improvement. I never have a bad hand. I'm always learning, but I'm always my authentic self thrown in with me modeling after these other people and taking the best from each one. That's great advice. That's great advice. Now, what would you consider your biggest failure? And I think that we need to fail forward because we need to take massive action. So we need to stop failing forward and people are afraid to fail forward. But what would you say your biggest failure was and what did you learn from it? My biggest failure was every single time that I didn't allow myself to be in the game. Every single time that I had uh, Jackie Onassis sitting next to me eating, which happened, JFK Jr. sitting next to me eating, which happened, Bette Midler sitting next to me eating, which happened, and I never went over and approached him. My look at it back now, failure, because I didn't seize an opportunity. How often are you going to get Jackie O sitting next to you? You, were you running from sea monsters that weren't chasing you? <laughs> you know, that's what fear is, right? We're running from things well, that aren't after us. Well, that's it, because we talk ourselves into uh, saying to ourselves, what if she rejects me? And what if? Yeah. See, that's the big thing. And what if? So what? You know, I'm sure you've never heard any rejection than 30,000 phone calls. Well, well 30, the, 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 the calls. funny part is, you know, I learned to celebrate the rejection because I realized, you know, something I've got a pair of something maybe that others don't. I was willing to allow myself the, you know, uh, the vulnerability. And that's another word I'm going to use, vulnerability. If I had been able to go back to my younger self, I would have allowed myself to be more vulnerable because in order to succeed in life, you have to be vulnerable. If you're not allowing yourself to be vulnerable, you're not authentic. People are also not going to take to you because they're going to see through that inauthenticity. So vulnerability gives you a human quality and people relate to other people who are vulnerable. And um, I, I, I refer to our subconscious mind as our drunk monkey. And not everybody has a drunk monkey, but you get a drunk monkey, the, the more limiting beliefs you have. It gets drunker and drunker and drunker and can't get out of its own way. So we carry that drunk monkey around with us, and we're going to be really careful with that drunk monkey because that drunk monkey can talk you out of almost anything. Well, you know, Ron, it's human nature, unfortunately, to think more negative than it is to think positive. It's actually a harder work to think positive, which is all the more reasons why you need to listen to podcasts on motivation or read inspirational books or listen to music with great lyrics that inspire you. You've got to be around things that are going to nourish your mind and your soul and your positivity. And just like water and just like food and just like air, it's only good for that moment. So you got to constantly replenish. I have people coming to me and say, you know, I listened to your show or I read that book you recommended. It didn't do anything for me. Well, it's not supposed to do anything for you. You're supposed to do something <laughs> as a result of the fuel. So if yeah. the fuel is going in you, but you don't step on the pedal and put it to the metal <laughs> or the other way around, you know, you're not going to move the car. So it's not the fuel. It's what you do with the fuel. you got to start doing something different than you've ever done before. If you want without this have, you have to be willing to do what they're not willing to do. That means you have to pick up the phone and make those 30,000 cold calls. They're not fun. At the beginning, especially, they're not fun. But when you make cold calls, you know, you, you have to bail forward. 
You know, Ron, I have a friend and he's constantly telling me what he wants to achieve and what he wants to do. And I always ask him the same exact question. I say to him, Rick, how many pairs of shoes are you willing to wear out to get to the goal that you just set? Are you willing to wear out the seven pairs of shoes that I wore out every week because I was walking up and down the mean streets of Manhattan, up and down the buildings, making hundreds of phone uh, cold calls in a week? Are you willing to do that? Because unless you're willing to do that, then you're not serious. Come on. You've heard of the overnight successes, right? Well, you know, we all want to know what that so-called secret is. <laughs> and, you know, there's really, really only one secret that I learned in my life, Ron. That is hard work. That is just, you know, dedicating yourself. Yeah. There are no shortcuts. There are no easy paths. It just doesn't work that way. So I'm sorry to say that those people who are sitting back waiting for that one secret, the secret is simply hard work. Yeah. In the actual secret itself, it talks about you know, mindset. That is the secret, getting your mindset. But even then, uh, you can have a great mindset if you're still not willing to, you know, to wear out the seven pairs of shoes in a day or a week, you know, all that positivity is going to go to the wayside. So it's, it's not about positivity. So those people, oh yeah, positivity is so hokey. Well, it's not hokey. What's hokey is when you're not willing to take the fuel of the positivity and let it work for you. And we have to work at a subconscious level. We have to reprogram the subconscious mind because that's that's in charge of our, our life 95% of the day. We're only in conscious control 5% of the day. And putting some motivational um, talk and affirmations during that 5% of the day is not going to very do much. It's not going to do much to the 95% of the day that you're not in control. Well, you, you know, you're, you're right on spot on there, Ron. You know, we have to counterbalance what's already in our head. And a lot of what's in our head is lies that we told ourselves when we were a young kid. Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not handsome enough. I'm not fast enough. Uh, it's really the other people who are uh, meant for success. You know, I'm just going to work for people my whole life. Uh, you put all this stuff in your head. And then maybe when you were 12 years old, somebody called you a name and that name has never left you. It's stuck with you. You still remember it. It's in your subconscious. You don't think about it maybe a lot, but it's in your subconscious and it's sabotaging you. So you need to do all the other things to counterbalance that. Yeah. And belief is our blood supply to all the little stories and all little habits that we have. So we got to get into those beliefs. And what I say is you have to take the monkey to court. Well, you have to stop use, making a case against all the lies that the monkey's been telling you. Yeah. And what you do is you don't look to hit grand slam home runs every time you're out because that's unrealistic. What you yeah. look to do is you get a series of small wins. And each time you get a small win, it builds your confidence and it builds your belief system. So yeah. go out there, you know, don't... Uh, put a goal of a billion books and then expect it's going to happen in the first six months. Mark Victor Hansen's waiting now 30 years later. Uh, he may hit that goal. I wouldn't be surprised, but that was a long-term goal. He had a series of small term goals. You have to have those small term goals, daily goals, you know, hit those and each one will make you feel more confident. That's how everybody gets confident. Yes. I call them make your victory list. It doesn't matter how small the victories are. You start, Everybody thinks about all the failures they've had, not about the victories they've had. Isn't that and, true? You know, yeah. I got to tell you a story, and I'm interviewing um, Archansky, who was in the 1969 world champion New York Mets baseball team. And he actually bat 300 that year. And if you put his stats together with the 
uh, Ron Sroboda, who platooned with him in right field, they, they be, have all-star stats. But you know, the one thing he remembers, and, and don't forget the 1969 New York Mets are arguably the most famous sports team in history because they were called the Miracle Mets. They were perennial losers, and all of a sudden they win. So they lost the first game. They won the next four games against the Baltimore Orioles. But what does he remember? He remembers not the glory, not the 300, not the 14 home runs he hit. He remembers that he made the last out in the first game. That's what he remembers. Inconsequential because they ended up winning the World Series, but he can't get that out of his mind. And he mentioned it on my podcast. It's still there. Wow. So what advice would you give somebody wanting to pursue a career just like yours? I would advise anybody to pursue anything that they have a passion for it because you're going to look back one day and you're going to regret anything you didn't grab and go for the gusto. So there's room for many people in any field. You don't have to be the best. Don't look at the best and say, you've got to be that person. You've got to just be the best you, the best you is good enough. But the competition, the the competition you can't allow help anybody up, right? The competition. Competition is yourself at the end of the day. Competition is <laughs> going to be there. You know, if, if restaurateurs looked at the competition, right? How many restaurants are there in America? How many restaurants are in there in the average city? How many restaurants sometimes are there in the same block? I mean, right. I go every single block, there's an Italian restaurant. And guess what, Ron? They're all packed. So if, if they all said, well, there's too many Italian restaurants, you know, anytime anybody says, you know, there, it's a wrong time to do something. Um, that is incorrect. Whether you're in a depression or recession or whether you're in COVID, every day is the right day to do something. The only reason not to do something is fear, not the external realities happening around you. I turned the um, COVID upside down. You want to see what I built during COVID. I mean, the podcast, this podcast was built and started during COVID. I, I took COVID and I used the best. I, I used it. Oh, gee, I have all this time. Let's see if I can put it to good use. And that's what I've been doing. You know, I love that hokey little saying, you know, you got to make uh, lemonade out of the lemons. And it's, but it's very, very true. Yeah. And if you really think about it, we all get served lemons. In fact, most of us get served, if we counted, at least 25 lemons a day. Now, of course, there are varying de- degrees of lemons. But we get the lemons in one way or another. The difference between the winners and everybody else is they turn those lemons into lemonade. They don't get caught in the lemon thinking. They get caught into how do I turn this into lemonade? So you've got a pandemic. Well, it's time for a podcast. And Ron went out and he created a podcast. And if the pandemic didn't happen, maybe the podcast doesn't happen. So be careful about complaining about something because as bad as it is, yes, but sometimes the best things uh, for you personally will come out of that. Like when you lose a job, it seems like the most devastating thing in the world at the time. But if you keep your faith, and that's an important word, have faith. You'd be surprised that may be the greatest blessing in the world, and you yourself may never have quit the job. So you may sometimes it's God's working in mysterious ways. He's pushing you out the door. Yeah, well, when he shuts doors, he opens windows. Isn't that the saying? Yeah, exactly right. And that's another answer to your earlier question. I would have faith a lot earlier because faith is 
probably the strongest elixir on earth. Faith's the thing that makes you go when you don't have any proof that something's going to work. You don't have proof that, you know, what you're thinking uh, can ever become a reality. Then what you are are driving on is faith. Yeah, I have a philosophy that faith, hope, and love is just not a cool Bible story. There are three places we can live in this world. We can live in what's called the Sagazo Sea, the Sea of Lost Ships, and that's off the coast of the United States. There's a Sagazo Sea. It's where the uh, the Bermuda Triangle is, and that's where people resign. They're dead yet not buried. You know, they go and they complain their way through life, blame, justify, complain. They have really no hope for a future. Well, sadly, Ron, they say that the greatest amount of dreams end up in one very sad place. That's yeah. the graveyard. Yes. That's where most dreams end up. Right. You don't want to be one of those people. You want to go out in a blaze of glory, you know, and if it didn't work out, you know something, you pick yourself up and you try something else. Now, Muhammad Ali, who I consider the greatest boxer in history, you know, he said that it's not how many times you get knocked down on the canvas, it's how many times you get back up. And it's so true. You, you're not measured by the amount of times that you got knocked down the canvas. You're measured by whether you have the guts enough to get back in that ring. Everybody admires the Rocky, the guy that gets knocked down. You see him getting pummeled. And we all know what happens at the end of the fight. Yeah. You know, he's losing the fight, 80% of the fight. And, uh, but, you know, as the old expression goes, it's not over to the fat lady sings. Right. You know, so as long as you still have, you know, two strikes and you don't have that third strike out against you, there's a chance. What, what right. is it that Jim Carrey said in the movie? You know, remember the famous movie where he asked somebody out and then, uh, you know, uh, she said no. And uh, and then he, he said, you know, there was like a million to one odds. And she, he says that mean, oh, so you mean I, st- I have a chance. <laughs> I don't I'm, still have I'm the chance. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not familiar with that, but it reminds me of that that cartoon depiction of the frog strangling the um, the pelican as it's eating the frog. Never mm-hmm. give up. Yeah, right. You fight through your last breath. You you push forward. You fail forward. And look, I'm not saying it's an easy thing to do. And I understand no. where people have challenges. You know, they have life issues. Uh, people get depressed. They get down on themselves. Uh, they lose their inspiration. But that's uh, there's an elixir. And that's why people like myself and people like yourself have the shows that we do. We're there to help people pick people back up. That's why you have your, your synagogues or your mosque or your churches. If that's who your go-to person is, that's where you go. There's always someone you can go to Uh, hire a coach, hire a mentor. You know, if I had to go back, I would have hired uh, a mentor back when I was younger, would have steered my ship a little bit better. Maybe I wouldn't have had to make 30,000 cold calls. I don't regret the 30,000 cold calls. I just don't advise anybody else making them because there's an easier and a better and a smoother path. And that's called a coach or a mentor. Right. And we we all are never meant to go through this this journey alone. And we, we have, you know, don't cheat on tests. Don't, don't do this. And we've learned to do things on our own. And that's not how we're meant to survive. We should be learning from people who've been there before. I usually say, if you're trying to climb up the ladder, learn from the people at a higher rung. Yeah, the most brilliant people on the planet are the ones that generally learn from other people. Yeah. That's the most brilliant people because most of us were not born Einsteins. No. You know, so, um, but most of the successful people on earth are not Einsteins. They're just people who learn better from other people. 
I think it makes sense. Gee, look at he's getting ahead. <laughs> let's see what he's doing. Oh, let's do some more of that. Yeah, that makes sense to me. But some people they don't they don't do that. And that, well, that, go ahead. Well, people have to you know apply themselves. Is just yeah. again, there's if you're seeking a, a secret. It's not coming. If you're looking for mana from heaven, the last time that happened was how many tens of thousands of years ago in the Bible? And as far as I know, it only happened once. So don't plan on the mana from heaven. Don't plan on the lotto. What you're going to plan on is, is good old-fashioned hard work. You know, And that's why you must do something that resonates with you, that you love, that you would do for free. If it's something that you're just doing it for money, you're going to get burnt out at some point. It's going to be hard work. You're going to regret it. You know, it's going to be a hard, you know, you may be not going to want to get back off the canvas, but if you're doing something that you would have done for free, you're going to get off that canvas a thousand times. The Calvary's not coming. Exactly. So you got to make sure that you live that way. You got to live as if the Calvary's not coming. It's all up to you. I it is all up to you. How many real estate agents go into a real estate brokerage expecting the broker to get all the business for them? Where that comes from, I don't know. You know, People go to seminars and some people are serial seminar takers. And yeah. I used to have a seminar company, so I know all about that. <laughs> and they think that if they go to enough seminars, things will just turn around for them. But that's not the answer. That's just the tool. You have to be able to take the tool. You can have the best tools in the world. If the tools are sitting in your garage. You don't know how to use them. Guess what? Now, today, the tools are, you know, all digital and it's, it's a different world. You've got to learn how to use the digital tools. If you don't learn how to use the digital tools, you're going to be stuck in the old days. Uh, you're going to be you're going to still have your Encyclopedia Britannica. You're going to rely on that instead of Google, you know, which is a little maybe a little easier tool today. So you know, you got to get out of the thirty thousand cold call mentality, which I w was in at one point until the world changed and I adapted with the world. I'm not in that thirty thousand cold call thinking any longer. It's just something that I did when that was the only way to turn because we didn't have digital marketing back then. So now you've got to use every tool at your disposal and learn them and learn them from the people who already paved the path for you. Very simple. That is your secret. So what would you say were the best resources that helped you along the way? The best resources were the people who wrote books that I could relate to. And those were self-help and self-improvement books. I used to live in the bookstore, bought every book I possibly could. Anything with a good title, I, well, I was sold on it. The way I looked at it, back then you can pick up a book for six, seven, eight bucks. Yep. That's a hell of an investment. Six dollars to learn what somebody spent 40 years learning. Six bucks. Yeah. But the average person doesn't want to take the time to read through the book. The average person never reads a book. They start the book and they put it down because they get distracted because we all want to have fun. The mind, the monkey mind, as you sort of allude to is scattered and we want to go uh, back to something that's primal. You know, we want to eat, we want to drink, we want to watch a sports game. We want to go on social media and social media is all designed for bells and whistles. It's like Las Vegas and Atlantic city. All those bells and whistles are, are all designed to hypnotize you, you know, <laughs> to addict you. So you got to counter uh, act the addictions that are working on you subconsciously all the time. People are geniuses. You know, there's commercials on TV with all these, you know, bad foods for you. Well, they know how to ad addict you 
with all the, you know, the uh, rhymes of, of all the jingles, you know, and then the food is addicting. So all of this is distracting us from our higher calling and our higher cause. And we allow it to happen to us. We have a choice, but we can't even always blame ourselves because there are other forces at work. We just have to be realize there are other forces at work. And that's why we have to make it a daily commitment and a daily routine that every single day we have non-negotiables. The non-negotiables is number one, you got to stay healthy. Without being healthy, everything else is worthless. It's the point. Got to say that has to be your non-negotiable. You get up in the morning. The first thing you have to do is drink a glass of water. Very simple. Very simple. But you got to do it because everything else that you're trying to do, if your body's breaking down, there's no point. So do the essentials every day. Write a list of three or four or five things that are what I call non-negotiables. Nothing gets in its way because you're that important. Yeah, and that leads me to the, I said there are three places to live. The second one is a lot of people go to the second place, which is the North Atlantic gyre. It's a series of currents that just drag people through life. They they confuse activity with productivity, and they go through this motion of doing things, and they become human doing, human doers, not human beings. Well, you know, that's very well said, and that's why Napoleon Hill in his classic 1935 book, Think and Grow Rich, you know, he uh, talks about one of the great principles of success, which was mastermind group. So you get in a group of people who are like-minded, who are successful. Uh, a lot of them will be people who are, are even more successful than you. Some of them may be less successful, but everyone has a lesson to share. And so when you can learn from those people, it shortens your learning curve and you're going to be successful a lot quicker. So you got to be willing to get on what's called the hot seat, you know, where you're the one in the room where everybody else is uh, giving, you know, their thoughts and how you can improve, but you're not on the hot seat. So people can criticize you. You're in the hot seat. So people can evaluate you and constructively give you thoughts that'll take you to the next step because everybody in that mastermind group has got to get in that same hot seat. And uh, mastermind groups only work if there's harmony. So there's no criticism. There is constructive criticism to help you get further, but there's not criticism. They're not pulling you down for the sake of pulling you down. That's what weak people do. Yeah, you're in a, a mastermind group to give counsel and give advice and to get counsel and to get advice. You're not yeah. there to be uh, criticized harshly. You'd be there to be constructively criticized, which is a whole different you know, ball game. And yeah. so- but in order for you to grow in life, you've got to, again, get back to that word being vulnerable and being on the hot seat in a mastermind group, a lot, you know, uh, opens up your vulnerability, which opens up your ability to grow. Because if you're keeping all of your uh, failures and all of your shortcomings a secret because you don't want people to think you're less than perfect, well, guess what? You're always going to be less than perfect. So the secret is in being imperfect and admitting that you're imperfect so that you can get more on the road to perfection where uh, actually perfection doesn't actually exist, but you can get to as close to perfection as you possibly can by allowing yourself to be more vulnerable and more open and more honest that you need help. We all need help. None of us have figured everything out, no matter how successful our business, because there's something new invented every single day. We can't right. possibly be up on all of them and be the number one expert in all of them. And that's why I started Waypoint Mastermind, which is the one who, who runs the Gone Fishing Podcast. The Mastermind Group, and our, our number one tenant is truth above all. 
unless you have truth and unless you're coming from a point of view of truth, you can't solve a problem. You can lie about things, but it's not ever going to solve the problem. You know, I'm glad you said that, Ron, because often I ask people, how is their business? And you can kind of tell that they're lying through their teeth. Oh, no, things are pretty good. And, you know, often people will say that it's a defense mechanism because they're just in fear. They're in fear to spend money and invest in themselves. So they lie to themselves and they lie to you. Oh, no, things are great. I don't need that. Uh, When in reality, they need it more than anybody else. So it's unfortunate that some people get stuck in that mentality. And because of that, they never break out. If you're not willing to invest in yourself, then how do you expect others to invest in you? And is it really investing? If you can jumpstart 30 years, how much is that worth? How much is 30 years of your life worth by learning a lesson? (laughs) Exactly. I, I never understood. I never understood that. Even the $6 for a book. I think the statistic is 97% of people never get past chapter one. That's very true. That's, that's insane. Yeah. I'm actually thinking of, of doing a small booklets that are 18 to 20 pages that are synopsis of the book, because I know people won't do that. So, you know, that's the reason for podcasting because people can get things in small snippets. They don't have to sit there and read it. It's a lot easier to put on a headset and listen to, you know, a podcast while you're running than it is to, you know, read a, 250 page book. That's, that's work. Yeah. And on your podcast, you have all these, you know, big time authors and and successful people. They come on, you can get so much of their, their experience boiled down to an hour. You know what I do? I basically self-analyze myself. I'm my own psychoanalyst. And basically what I do is I think about all the things that I need in my life to improve, whether it's sleep, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, some heart uh, issue, uh, whether it's uh, anger, whether it's fear. And I bring people on who I consider experts, uh, people who I've read their book. So that's why I went to a Nick Walenda, because he can teach me how to lessen my fear. You know, that's why I went to a uh, Mitzi Purdue, whose uh, husband was the famous Frank Purdue, the chicken guy, to learn how did our husband uh, employ 30,000 people? You know, how did he make them all happy? Most of us have to keep one or two or five or 10 at most happy. That's most businesses are any bigger than that. Uh, and yet most, many of us struggle. But if I want some of the answers, I'm going to go to the people who have, uh, who have done it better than anybody else. You know, Mark Victor Hansen was on my podcast. Well, again, he sold more books than anybody in history in his field for any uh, nonfiction book series. So why wouldn't I want to, learn from the guy who's at the top, he's got a lot more to teach me than the pretender who hasn't actually achieved it yet. It's like going to somebody who says they're a life coach, but they're 18. Are you really a life coach <laughs> or are you a teen coach? Yeah. You're a teen coach. You right. haven't have enough life to coach. Right. You can call uh, yourself whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. I think that the quote is a tea bag's only strong if it's been through some hot water. How can you teach somebody if you haven't been through any hot water? I can tell you one thing. I can't teach you how to play a, you know, a guitar. I can't teach you how to dunk a basketball, but I can teach you how to be the number one salesperson in your industry because I went out there and I worked harder than almost any human being in history uh, in that area. I made the 30,000 cold calls. So, you know, that's the kind of person you want to go to for that. You're not going to go for doing for anything else, 
but you always go to the guy who's already paved the path. If you want to learn how to be the fastest 100 yard dash person, you go to the guy who's done it. So how many contacts do you think you're making a day? Well, I can tell you that in my heyday, uh, I was cold calling on over 200 people in a day, whereas the average person in my company was cold calling on 25 people. Is that 25 calls or 25 contacts? 25 doors being knocked on. Oh, yeah. That's, and what, a third of them are home? So that's not very many. You know, everybody makes a choice. For some people, their choice is the three martini lunch. For other people, they got to get home early and catch their TV show. And then for other possessed people like myself, I put a goal down on a piece of paper and I wasn't going to stop until I achieved the goal. So that means no three martini lunches. That means no leaving at four o'clock or even 4.30 or even 4.59. Okay, I'm not leaving until I get what I came there for. Now, I'm not saying that's right for everybody. It's right for those people that want to win. How do you think Olympic athletes get where they get to? You think they do uh, training once every other week? They're training three times a day. They're doing what it takes to be a winner. And guess what? They're not doing it by themselves. They're doing it with a team of people who are there to support and back them up. So that's another great lesson. If you want to achieve something great, if you're going to go on your own, you're not going to get to the promised land likely because there's somebody else that's got a better team that's just going to outdo you. Yeah, I say you have to do your daily dimpa, your daily directed, imperfect, massive, productive action. And if you just start doing the massive actions, the ones that are directed, and procrastinate everything else, procrastinate the TV show, procrastinate the things that aren't that important, you'll, you'll move down, the, down the, the field. Look, Ron, I bought myself a beautiful, big 77-inch screen TV, and I have to tell you, boy, the pictures are unbelievable. You watch a video on there, and it's crystal clear. But you know something? I'm not watching that TV until I get what I need to get done, done. That doesn't mean that I don't you know, relax and I don't have fun with life. I do. I think that's important. But you have priorities, and you have to stick to the priorities. Otherwise, you have only one person to blame. It's yourself. Uh, but I'm not here to advise people to blame themselves. I'm here to advise people to uplift themselves by doing the things daily necessary that I've been proven to inspire yourself. And again, it doesn't have to be a podcast. It doesn't have to be a book. Whatever floats your boat could be music, whatever lyrics, whatever thing could be yoga. Everybody is built differently. And my advice is give all of it a chance and see which resonates best. Don't just assume that's not for me because until I tried something in life, I never realized how great something was. And you don't want to spend 30 years missing out on something until you find out 30 years later, my goodness. And I'll give you one quick example. You know, uh, I had uh, bought a second place and I always turned outside my complex turning right you know, for whatever reason, my mindset always turned right. You know, you get into the habit until five years later, I turned left and I found out an oasis was to the left. I found there was a beautiful body of water with beautiful fish and a certain calm and a peace and the boats were going by and a vista and the sunset 
everything that was dreamy was all to the left. And all I had to do was just make a choice to go left, which I didn't do. So I've I've familiar with the Birnbaum books. No. So Birnbaum book is they do travel guides. And one of the famous Birnbaum books is the Disney travel guide. And probably when I was 18 years old, I took my first trip to Disney world. And in the Birnbaum book, it said, make sure that you understand there are two lines to any ride. And most people go right. So if you want to get on the ride quickly, go left. <laughs> Just reminded me of that. So go left to it's not the, a path of least resistance. It's a road less traveled you want to take. You know, it reminds me of the people that come to me and complain to me about not being able to achieve something. And I kind of laugh because I'm saying to myself, I'm the air answer. That's why I'm here. Why aren't you utilizing me? Because you're so used to going, like you said, going right. When yeah. Even when left is in front of you, you're not choosing to go left. You're still thinking right. And sometimes it's that simple. The answer is right there. Just pay the money, take the trip, you know, do something different, be willing to change. But if you're going to stick in your comfort zone, you're never going to find out what could have been. Another way of looking at it, go on the, go out on a limb. Cause that's where all the fruit is. Exactly right. That's a beautiful metaphor. I love that. That's exactly where we all need to be in life is going out on the limb. Nobody ever achieved great things by playing it safe. It's the people who have been willing to go out there. Again, I use the word vulnerable. Be vulnerable. Those are the people who make it. There are people who will never get on camera because they're in fear. There are people who never get on stage because that's a greater fear than death. They say public speaking is a greater fear than even death. But it's the people who are willing to get up there and realize they're not going to die from it. Uh, even, all right, so you weren't perfect. People aren't going to judge you that harshly. And even if they did, who cares? You judge yourself. You don't allow other people's judgments to be more important to you. The only judgment you have is, you know something, I dared to try. And that should make you proud no matter what the results or the consequence. Don't be stuck in the results and the consequence. And most people don't want to go out on a limb because it's all about them. When you're all about serving the other person, when you're all about serving your audience. Beautiful. You're not beautifully thinking about yourself. You think beautifully said because it's not about you. Exactly. So when you go on this stage and you realize it's about them, not about you, then all you are going to do is just do the best that you can. And as long as you've imparted some sort of wisdom and something to help the person on the other side, that is all you can expect from yourself. So who would you say the three most influential people have been in your life? Well, number one, Dennis Waitley wrote The Psychology of Winning, just put out his sequel, The New Psychology of Winning. He taught me the mindset of winning and why winning is important because people don't remember the bronze medalist. They barely remember the silver medalist. When you're the gold medalist, the reason why it's important is because you've now earned yourself the ability to get in front of more people so you can be more influential, so you can help more people. If you're in the bronze medalist, you're not in a position where people are seeking you out so that you can help other people. And what's the point in being on this earth unless you're serving other people? If you're in this earth just to serve yourself, stick a lot of food in your mouth and drink and, and be merry, well, you know something, nothing wrong with having a little fun, but narcissism is a lonely life. So you got to live a life the best life lived is a life lived for others. So be a winner. And so therefore, 
Dennis Waitley would be right at the top of my list. Tony Robbins has been very influential because, you know, just his uh, book of uh, title of his book, Awaken the Giant Within. Basically, he's saying we're all giants. You yeah. just got to awaken it. He's not saying, well, some of us are weak, but another of us are, are giants. He's saying, he's telling us all awaken the giant with all, all of us. We all have it. Yeah, and he's constantly telling people that I created Tony Robbins. I created Tony Robbins. This was not, Tony Robbins was not born. I created him. I made him. So he created what he, you know. And I say that um, you're not the sum total of your past, but the architect of your future. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and then I'm going to give an unorthodox answer for my third, and I'm going to say Don Rickles, the comedian, because <laughs> Don Rickles was to me the funniest person on the planet. He may not have uh, been everybody's cup of tea, but what he did, he was able to do something that nobody else on the earth was able to do, which was poke fun at people without people, you know, getting offended. And and he was able to get away with it because they knew that deep down inside, it was all just fun and games. You know, he actually loved people, uh, but that was his shtick. And he had, he was fearless in going out there and uh, doing something that no one else could pull off before or since. He was one of a kind. And I admire people who can be one of a kind because that takes the greatest daring to be somebody that, uh, you know, no one else has ever been. It's easy to be, to mimic somebody else. We're talking about, you know, modeling, but again, we're trying to still be authentic. He still modeled other people. He says that Jack Benny was his idol. So he took the best of Jack Benny and others, and and then he just took his authentic self, and that's what shined for him. So I always admired his ability to get up on stage and make all the people who are more famous than him love him more than anybody else. He he was maybe the least famous person on the entire days, you know, when when they did the roast, but he was the one that they all admired most and laughed at most. Yeah, I actually saw a documentary. I think it, it pretty much talked a lot about what you just said about how Don Rickles would go in and say some really tough things in front of people, and they just loved him. Yeah, Frank Sinatra loved when Don Rickles poked fun at him. He he thought it was the funniest thing in the world because he knew that Don had the one-of-a-kind ability to pull off something that no one else would have the guts to actually even try. How would you even think of trying something like that because what if it, you think, Oh, what if it goes wrong? What if people particularly today, you know, woke world, you know, forget it. You say even uh, the comedians like Chris Rocker rebelling, he says, I can't even be myself anymore. You say one wrong thing and uh, that's it. You know, people don't want to have anything to do with you anymore. Yeah. And I think we're, we're um, in a very trying time. People are so focused on diversity of things that are beyond our control and they, they forget about the real true diversity, diversity of thought. Because yeah, I, in diversity of thought, we can really learn from some, something from somebody else who thinks differently than we do. It's not an echo chamber. Yeah, I think what we need to do is realize that we all make mistakes. And if we're going to put our, every one of us under a microscope and the worst thing that we ever said or thought, we'd all be ostracized. We'd all be, uh, you know, uh, uh, our histories would be, you know, uh, damaged. You know, we'd all be fired. So, you know, it's not... There's something that somebody said 20 years ago. It's what you really believe is in their heart right now. Do you believe that somebody who said something on a comedy stage is really, uh, you know, uh, prejudiced or mean? It's a, it's, it's a comedy stage. You know, it's, it's not 
who they really are. So, you know, how can you get offended by a comedian? Right. Comedians are usually poking fun at stereotypes anyway. Yeah. So, (laughs) so, um, is there something that I didn't ask you or something that we should bring up that, um, you think I'm missing? Well, I can tell you, you have to live a life a number of years to realize the old adage that life goes fast and it really does. You'd be surprised in a flicker of a finger, how fast things move. And so when you think you're going to do something tomorrow and put it off for tomorrow, when you think that you're going to maybe tell your mom or your father or your dad or, or your sibling or your loved one, you know, show them some gratitude, show them some love, buy them the thing that they deserve. If you think you're going to put it off tomorrow, there's no guarantee to it for tomorrow. So what you want to do is you want to share your love and you want to share it now and you want to share it generously. And that's what really life's about. It's not about who dies with the most marbles because none of us get to keep the marbles. It's the one who, who basically gathers the most love and spreads the most love. That's what it's all about. Right. And there's a difference between success and fulfillment. Success comes from hitting a goal and anybody can hit a goal because success is a science, but fulfillment is an art. And that's where you go about helping other people. Fulfillment comes from contribution, selfless contribution. And that's where you feel most alive. Yeah. The greatest success are the people who give unselfishly without thought of remuneration without thought of being paid back. One of the greatest days of my life was one of the days that I had no agenda. And believe me, I've lived an agenda-filled life, admittedly, because in business, that is what you do. doesn't mean I didn't serve people well. It doesn't mean I didn't have their best interests at heart. But certainly, I was there for the commission as well. And one of the greatest days of my life was when I volunteered to work in a hospice. And I met a gentleman and he was on his last legs. He had emphysema. He smoked. He told me that's what he regretted, that if he had to live his life all over again, he would have uh, not smoked. So now he asked me if I could come back and and, uh, if I would be coming back and seeing him. But that was really the one day that I went. But I'll I'll never forget that scenario. I never forgot the good feeling that I had that somehow a man in his last days Somehow I, I got through to him and I had some impact upon him. And what really made me feel good is there was nothing in it for me other than the pure joy to give him a, some comfort. And that's the most powerful thing you can do is to give someone else comfort, to give someone else joy, to compliment somebody, to be there for somebody. God knows I would be lying if I told you that there were thousands of people there for me. They weren't. I was taken for granted in many ways in my life, and I'm still taken for granted. I posted something on Facebook the other day. I said I, I, I hit a milestone, a very important milestone in my life. Very few people commented or congratulated on me. Don't be the person who sits back, reads those posts, and takes them for granted and doesn't, make, doesn't bother because you'd be surprised. Uh, every single like and every single comment I notice, whether it may be obsessive or not, or crazy, or call me whatever you want. But I think most of us are like that. You know, we do look at the likes, we do look at the comments, and they do count. You know, so why not say something nice to somebody? Why not compliment them when you have the opportunity, particularly a loved one? 
And why don't you reinforce people who are doing good things for the world? We need exactly. to start reinforcing and lifting people up who are lifting other people up. Because sometimes those need we need lifting up too. <laughs> you know something, you're right. And my show deserves more listeners. Your show deserves more listeners because we're doing the hard work. We're doing God's work. And you know something? Neither one of us are getting rich off our podcast. Podcasters, most of us, 99.9% of us, we're not making a dime. And you know something? We don't go in it to even make a dime. We go in it to make a difference. Podcasting is not about making money. Podcasting is about choosing something near and dear to your heart. This topic here, gone fishing, is uh, exactly what you are all about. You know, talking about things uh, letting letting life unfold and getting answers from those conversations. You would do this for free and you are doing it for free because you're here to help other people. That's right. That's what I'm about. And um, that's what you're about. And that's, I think there should be a lot more people who are about that. We, you know, it's a pay it forward kind of attitude. Yeah. And you know something, the people who are like that are the people who I want to ride the course with the people that I want to support. Uh, if you have something that's important to you down the road and you make me aware of it, I will celebrate it with you because I've learned the pain of having people not celebrate my highlights in my life. Thank God I had people who do celebrate, but you know, like our Chamsky in the story I told you, we tend to remember the people who don't We tend to remember the things that didn't happen on our behalf. So I am the first one that wants to volunteer to help other people celebrate the great things that happen in their life, help uplift them. Uh, even the people who are on top of the world, even the people who have achieved a lot of great things, they need to be uplifted too. They may have heard a million times how great their movie was, but they may not have heard in the last six months how great they are and how they make people feel. So, so giving people a compliment, even those who are famous goes a long way. Yeah. And it really impacts you when people tell you, because I mean, this is a labor of love. It's a lot of work to do a podcast. Don't you I know that? Well, yes. And I mean, the preparation time, but just saying that really inspired me. It means a heck of a lot. When you say, I really got something out of that podcast that really helped me. And I noticed those those comments. I really Well, did. I look at you as a spiritual warrior. You're out here doing God's work. You're doing the work that the world needs because we all need to get perspective. We all need to have other thoughts rather than the thoughts that we leave ourselves with, which again are often negative. And people enjoy hearing uh, two people banter uh, and talk about life. And most people don't talk about life enough. You know, life just happens to them. They're not talking and they're not philosophizing about how to improve things. And even if they've heard what we have talked about a hundred times, sometimes it takes the 101st time to hear the same thing. In fact, that is how most change happens. It doesn't happen on the first time or the second time or the third time. It happens when you're ready for it and the right messenger appears and it's just all the right things come into place. And maybe we're taking somebody who's about to commit suicide even and they're listening to this podcast and we're just the right people to help change them. So thank you for being a great messenger. And you too. I mean, all those inspirational people that you brought to, to the airways that people can learn from. I mean, that's what this is about. This is about sharing um, and making people go higher faster. Um, and that's what, I mean, so what are the three most important lessons you've learned as an entrepreneur? What would you say if you could leave three lessons that were the most important you've learned in your life? I know that's probably difficult. What would you say the most three diff 
um, top lessons you would leave people? Well, with? one is you're never uh, 100% ready to go into business or to do business. You're ready the day that you decide that you want to be an entrepreneur. Not tomorrow, not when the stock market gets better, not when you have more funds in your bank, not when this happens. Now, that doesn't mean you go out and you be foolhardy and you have no money in the bank and you you know, have no fall plan B. Uh, I'm not saying that. You know, um, there's an argument that says you burn the boats, you know, behind you yes. <laughs> so that you you don't have a plan B. Yes. Um, and that, you know, is true in certain instances. Like if you want to be a Olympic athlete, you burn the boats because there is no plan B. Plan B is you don't make the Olympics. But you're in business, you've got to have a plan B. <laughs> That's called capital because the you have to learn what makes most businesses fail. That's a lack of capital. So you don't want to fall into the same trap. 90 you know, percent of the businesses that fail are, you know, likely more because of a lack of capital. So you already know what the answers are. So prepare to have, you know, capital. Don't, you know, spend foolishly. So that's certainly lesson number one. Lesson number two is surround yourself with people who are a lot smarter than you are. And everybody's a lot smarter than you are in something. Yes. You know, you're, you don't think that you're the um, person with all the answers. And number three, you lead by letting other people lead. You see, a lot of people are leaders. They're like, the, you know, little uh, Napoleons, you know, they're there to, you know, beat you over the head. That's not true leadership. You know, you can get the, uh, you know, they, they say they get the horse with the carrot, right? Not the stick. And that's true leadership is let other people have a voice. Let other people lead. Let other people have the mic once in a while. Let them feel proud. Give them the right title. Give them the right respect. Um, and let people's voices be heard. People want to tell you what they think, and they want to know that you value their opinion. When you knock somebody's opinion out and you make fun of it, then you're just going to make that person uh, not want to give you more insights. So you want to be able to always encourage people to participate and give you the best of their thinking. And that's why, regardless, even if you don't think it's the best thought, you can gently say, uh, why, but you always got to congratulate them and thank them for participating and for giving those thoughts. So where can our listeners connect with you online? What's the best place for them to get in touch with you and learn and maybe listen to the podcast? Well, the thing they can do is they can email me at the motivation show at gmail.com, the motivation show at gmail.com. And I will actually answer, believe it or not, every single query. Number two is they can listen to me on any podcast listening platform, whether it's iTunes or whether it's Spotify or iHeartRadio. Just Google three words, the motivation show. That simple. You can go on social media. And I particularly like to use Instagram. Look me up at Eli Marcus Success. And the last one, let's go on my website, EliMarcusSuccess.com. And I love to hear from people. If you want to write me a note on Instagram, interact with me. You'd be surprised because the fortune favors the bold. The fortune does not favor the people who say, hmm, I'm thinking about writing him, but how will he think if I write him? Is he going to get back to me? Get all that stinking thinking out of your head. Just take the action. Just put one foot forward, write, write the words and watch the magic happen and unfold. Magic does not happen when you do nothing. So I'd like to thank you here uh, for being here today, Eli. And, you can also find out a lot about Eli in the show notes of today's episode. And well, thank you, Ron. It's, it's great that we were able to do this. And thank you for being on our first Conversations Over Coffee. And this, by the way, is 
only my second video podcast. We switched um, from audio to video podcast just recently. So thank you for being on the second video podcast. I'm honored, Ron, and you are doing tremendous work. Keep it up. Well, thank you very much. If you love today's podcast, you're going to love our Tackle Box tools and resources. Our guests have shared some of the greatest tools, information, and advice, and all of it is available free, as well as an ever-increasing array of mindset, coaching, real estate, financial, health, wellness, relationship, and other tools and resources to help you improve your life, increase your income, and live life on purpose. Join today by visiting our website at www.waypointmastermind.com and click the Join Now button. Enter code 2021 and start your journey to new you today. You've reached the end of another episode of the Gone Fishing Podcast. Connect with us at www.waypointmastermind.com where you can sign up for our newsletter to receive our free tools and resources. This podcast has been brought to you by Waypoint Mastermind. Personal growth and support through collaboration with a community of like-minded achievers. See you in the next episode.